You are listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help bump us up in the podcast platforms. Additionally, make sure you share it with your friends. I don't have a title for the message, but I'm just going to give you what the Lord has given me. So you may get out early and you may not. Amen. But I got four questions for you. You know, we, we had 2020 and we had 2021. And it has been hard years for both me, my family, everybody. We've faced death. We've faced many that are sick and afflicted that have come through. We've lost people by cancer. We've lost people uh, in, in old age. We've just lost people, you know, and it's been tough. And maybe you knew who you were in 2019. Maybe you knew exactly who you were. Maybe you knew who you were for God. But my first question for you tonight is, who are you? Who are you? Think about that. How can you answer that? I can use my wife's as an example from an old women's fellowship Bible study. She said, I am Cindy Caton, a perfect, splendid, magnificent demonstration of God's love. I like that. She doesn't even know I brought it. But they, they also wrote things about her those that were in her Bible study. Somebody said, love your style, your zeal, and your smile. Said, I, I love the way you praise. I love your kindred spirit, your gentleness of God. One says, you're a true worshiper of God. It's not just what other people think about us, but who are we? What do you think about yourself? Next question is, Where did you come from? Not necessarily your parents. But what did God bring you out of? Because we got to remember. Because we went through two hard years and we've been beat up and we've been beat down. But we got to reflect and remember where God has brought us from because we're not stuck where we used to be. We're stuck still in 2022 now, right? He's still advancing us. We're still here for a purpose. He created us for a purpose. We're his workmanship. But where did you come from? Where are you going? Maybe you can't see it. I can't lie to you. I was chasing a pastor position. I remember he called me for for a mentoring meeting and I walked in. He called me and he said, listen, I need you to be here at four o'clock. And I'm thinking, praise God, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. He said, can you be here? And I'm in fast food, right? I'm in retail. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I can make it. He said, it's a yes or no. Can you be here at four o'clock? I said, I will be there. I walked through the door. Do you know why I called you here? For assistant pastor position. He said, wrong. I got you here to mentor you. So I knew where I wanted to go. But the timing with the Lord was not where it was supposed to be. Amen. But where are you going? What do you want? What will you do when you get there? How will you allow the Lord to use you when you get there? That's the questions for tonight. I have examples for you. In Genesis 6, we find a man by the name of Noah. Who was Noah? Noah was a just man that walked with God. Genesis 6, 8, 9 tells me that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I want to stop there just for a second and say that you have found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You know how? 
through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the cross, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you and I have found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He was a just man and perfect in his generations and walked with God. Because of being a just man, he was perfect in his generation. Listen, we have been changed by the blood of the lamb and we can be a perfect generation. We can change the things that was once used to be my father, my grandfather, my great grandfather. It can change through me and my generations to come because God has changed me and he's changed you. Amen. Amen. He's a just man and perfect in his generations and he walked with God. Where did he come from? He came from the bloodline of Adam's son, Seth. And what is he going to do? Well, at this time, God is angry at the world. God's angry that he even made mankind. The fallen angels are starting to get intimate with the daughters of men. And they are starting to reproduce and create a different generation, a different kind of human that God was not pleased with. He's, he's angry at the rebellious attitude of, of what's going on. And what is Noah going to do? He's going to stay a just man and walk with the Lord. And God called him and he's working with the Lord to build this gigantic ship called an ark. And what's he going to do? He's going to save mankind. And he's going to save animals that God told him to bring upon the boat. But not only that, our Messiah came from the bloodline of his son, Shem. And what will he do whenever he gets there? It tells me in Genesis 9 and 1 that God said, Noah and your sons, be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth. My next story I'd like to tell you about, who are you? Esther. Esther's pure and beautiful and an orphan. It tells me in Esther 2, and he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. Listen, Noah was in a time of rough living. This young lady has been in a time of rough living. She had no parents. Her cousin adopted her and helped her find out who she was. She was Hadassah. She was a Jewish girl who was what? Captured, right? We learn, where did you come from? She came from Jerusalem. Captured slave by Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Sold to the king of Persia. Man, she's going through a rough life, just like you and I have in the past two years. What are you going to do? She's going to the palace to become the queen of the Persian Empire. A Jewish girl becoming a queen of the Persian Empire. How's that even possible? Well, the king had a queen, but she wasn't answering and following. She wasn't being obedient to the king. So he has a beauty pageant and he tells his guy, Hagee, to, to gather up all the beautiful women of land. And Mordecai is inspired to put Hadassah in this beauty pageant. She wasn't supposed to be there. She wasn't Persian. She was Jewish. But God's always got a plan in the middle of every circumstance. If we'll be obedient to God and if we'll trust God and we'll lean on him and not our own understanding whenever we can't see the vision of what's down the road. But if we'll just trust him to go and do the things that he's asking us to do. Through Mordecai's advice, 
she's entered in and she becomes the queen of the Persian Empire. And what is she going to do? Hold on, let's go to Esther 2 and 17. And the king loved Esther above all the women. And she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vesta. And what is she going to do when she gets there? She's going to save the Jews from extermination. She's also going to save, she's also going to save the woman's seed that God needs to use to bring the Messiah. She's going to save God's people and bring them into deliverance. Amen? Amen. Who are you? Daniel, a Jew, loyal to God, loyal to God's people, a prophet, interpreter of dreams and vision, a wise man. Where did you come from? Jerusalem, captured by Nebuchadnezzar. And exiled to Babylon. Believe it or not, God is so amazing that these two stories are actually pretty identical in the same time frame. So God is able to work in your area of your life, your area of life, your area of life, all at the same time. But what he's looking for is obedient vessels who won't bow down to the worldly things who won't give up their God and their love, their zeal for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's looking for people who's just going to stay on fire for him at all times. Amen? Because I believe that Mordecai and Daniel were captured about the same time, but they were sold off. Where are you, where are you going? I'm going from a captured slave to the prime minister of kings. Not only did Daniel serve one king as prime minister, but he served four. What God can do for us if we walk in love with him and on fire for him. What will you do when you get there? Exalt God. Daniel's talking to Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 2 and 37. He says, thou, O king, art a king of kings. He's, he's telling Nebuchadnezzar who he is. For the God of heaven has given thee a kingdom. He's recognized his king, but he's recognized the king of kings and the Lord of lords and says, the king of heaven has given you this kingdom, power and strength and glory. And the king answered in 2 and 47 and 48, he says, the king answered unto Daniel and said, of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets. So what you may not know is that Nebuchadnezzar had a, had a dream and the wise men that he had couldn't interpret the dream. And Daniel didn't even ask what the dream was. Daniel suck out, he, he asked God, give me the dream. And he went before the king and he interpreted it without ever being told. So now the king is recognizing Daniel and his God as a revealer of secrets seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. And then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the providence of Babylon and the chief of governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Who are you? Where did you come from? Where are you going? And what will you do when you get there? The text that the Lord gave me was out of Acts 18. 24 through 28. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, and an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. He's a Jew. 
He's an eloquent man and he's mighty in scriptures and his name is Apollos. And listen, he's grow, he grew up in Alexandria in Egypt next to the Nile, but he is going to Ephesus. That is about 1,500 miles away. That means he had a lot of journey. Lynn, I don't know if he jumped on a boat and went across the Mediterranean Sea. I don't know if he got on a horse, but no matter where he went, he had to go through Egypt, up Jerusalem, around through Taurus, around through Lystra, into Ephesus. It was a journey. This man wanted to be used by God. It tells me in verse 25 that this man was instructed in the names of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit. When we're instructed in the way of the Lord, you're gonna get your promotion. You're gonna do the things that you thought that you could not do. Listen, I can, re, I can relate back to Chick-fil-A whenever I prayed and asked God, and he said, the job is yours. And they put me in a pool of candidates that I should have never been in because I trusted the Lord. Internal candidates, one external. And I got the promotion. I got the job. If we, if we chase after God, Listen, we've walked through rough times, two years of roughness, but you're still standing. You still have a purpose. Right now, I got a, I got a brother-in-law that's been in the hospital for eight weeks. He had a heart attack and it's been bad ever since, but he's still got a purpose. He's still got breath in his lungs and he's starting to come through that. We have a purpose in life to chase God. There is no other purpose. Why are you put here? Whenever you start chasing him, he will lead you. The man was instructed in the ways of the Lord. He will lead you to do the things that he wants to do and be fervent in spirit. That means to be fire and passion. That means to have the zeal of the Lord. That means to desire him with the fullness of who he is at all times. He has greater things for you than you can ever imagine. The great works that he can do through you is unimaginable. I remember the first time that he used me and I thought that it was my own flesh that wanted to pray with a man and I didn't pray. And I went home and I was weeping, I was tore down. And listen, I'm a baby. I just got saved. I'm probably six months with the Lord or less. And I asked him, I got whipped and I asked him to forgive me. I said, give me another chance. And that Sunday we went back and the man was supposed to have back surgery. And I went over to him and I said, listen, I feel like the Lord wants me to pray with you. And I prayed with that man. And that man went in on Monday and it wasn't me. It was just the Lord using me and he can use you to do the same great things. We, we talked about the fruit of the spirits. Do you know what I like about the fruit of the spirit? Faith is in there. You know what I like about the gifts of the Spirit? Faith is in there. And you know what you've got to have to please God? Faith. So we came, we brought that man forward on that Sunday evening, and we prayed. He went in Monday for back surgery, and he didn't have to have surgery. That's the Lord. Following the ways, the man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the Spirit. Listen, he talks about being fervent in Romans 12 and 11. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. The Lord doesn't want you to be lazy in your business. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're putting your hand to, he says be fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord. You're not serving man. That's the greatest thing about every job that I had since, I, since, since I, I've been with the Lord. I never looked at it as I was serving a man. I looked at it as a, I don't want to fail my God who put me in this position. 
He says in, in James 5 and 16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. He wants you to be fervent in your prayer life. He told the disciples, could you not tarry with me one hour? He went away and he came back and they were sleeping. But he wants you to be fervent in your prayer life. He wants you to just pray. Listen, you can think that you don't have anything to pray about. You can think that you can get done with prayer life in five minutes. But honestly, you can't. I started thinking this morning about people and whenever I was praying and I was like, oh my gosh. And I started looking at that from pew to pew to pew to pew to, and I could have went all day. And then I, as I was driving, I forgot about people that I know sick and I'm like, man, fervent in your prayer life. Our father, which art in heaven, adoration to God. I mean, we start out the prayer life, giving God all the glory and the praise for who he is. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's Jehovah, he's Yahweh. He says, be fervent in your spirit. Open your day, being fervent in prayer, allowing God to do what he wants to do. He wants to usher in his presence into you. But the only way that he can do that is if you usher in his presence. He says, be fervent in prayer. When you're fervent in prayer, he starts becoming righteousness in you. You're already made the righteousness through Jesus Christ by the blood, by the cross. But the more that we press into his word, the more the righteousness of Jesus Christ gets into us, the more of the Holy Spirit that gets into us, the more effective your prayers will become. You know, we were talking tonight, Holly and Michael sitting back there and we went to, we went to Central Church of Christ. And I said, Cindy asked a question. I said, I got a question for you. I said, how do you look at me now from a man that used to play church with you versus where I am? And Holly said, answer prayers. I didn't even know she was praying for me. Effective, fervent prayer. What else does he tell us to be fervent in? And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins in 1 Peter 4 and 8. He's talking about love. Have fervent love for one another. Learn to forgive one another. I have to do it. I got to work on it. It's working on me. He's speaking to me. Don't even know it. He's telling us to be fervent in our love, to be able to forgive This man was instructed in the ways of the Lord in being fervent in the spirit. He spoke and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Listen, you got to take the Lord with you. And you may only know the baptism of John. You may only know, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That may be the only thing that you know, but that's what you need to share. Share your testimony. Man, I got saved at church this week. I got saved a year ago. I got saved in 2009. It was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I knelt down at an altar and I had sinned so deep that I got up free and I can't even tell you how it works. All I know is it worked, baby. I got down and I got up free. I ain't felt freedom like that since I was eight years old. And that ain't no lie. I stood up at age eight in a back row and I testified and I don't even remember saying anything until I started to sit down and I said, pray for my daddy. Only thing I remember at age eight. And I never felt that spirit again until I was 35 years old because the devil wrapped himself up in my life. But he can clean you. 
He can cleanse you. By the blood of the lamb, you can walk free. You can have what you can have what pastor has. You can have what I have. You can have what Lynn has. You can have what Nancy has. Why? And I'm not trying to leave anybody out. I'm just using examples. The peace, the fruit of the spirit, the joy of the Lord, the love of Christ, because he says, be fervent in spirit. That means you've got to desire him. He spoke what he knew. He spoke John the Baptist. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogues. Why? Because he was fervent unto the Lord. He was given everything that he had. He gave what he knew. That's all that you got to do is give what you know. And the Lord will be faithful to you. You might not have the platform right here. And you may. I ain't saying that. But every day at Chick-fil-A, whenever I was standing there filleting chicken with the, with the five or six student workers that I had, I, was, I had a platform. And I spoke about Jesus Christ. I spoke about what I read. I spoke about everything. Now that I visit people, I speak about what I read. I talk to them about Jesus Christ. I make sure that they're saved. I make sure that they know that they know that they're bound for heaven. I can only give them what I know. And that's all that you can do. He's asking us, I believe that he's asking us in the year of 2022 to take it with boldness and confidence. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom with, when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him under them and expounded him in the way of God more perfectly. Listen, because of his obedience, because of his faithfulness to God, Aquila and Priscilla were pastors, disciples underneath of Paul. Because of my faithfulness, I had pastors brought in from... Wallace Full Gospel, Green Valley Church, people I didn't even know, they wound up at a men's fellowship with me and started mentoring me. And then I, I wound up coming to, to Family Life Fellowship and within six months, Pastor Darren Powell says, every time I pray, I see your face because I started praying for mentors. I just started praying to be mentored by men of God because I want to grow in Christ. I want to grow in the Holy Spirit. I want to know truth and righteousness so that I can share it. In the middle of a revival, never ever asked him to mentor me. He stopped and said, I'm going to mentor Aaron Caton. My wife's going to mentor his wife. And look where we are today. My wife is being mentored by his wife and I'm being mentored by him just about every day. Why? Because my fervent spirit is after the Lord. He's like this for anybody and everybody. You got to want and desire God first. You have to desire his presence and what he can do for you. Amen. Aquila and Priscilla took him in and they expounded him in the way of God more perfectly. They taught him about the fruit of the spirit. They taught him about the gifts of the spirit. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped them much, which he believed through grace. Wherever you're going, wherever the Lord wants to send you, if you get involved, we got Sunday school, we got life groups, we have every way possible we got right now media. We have every way possible to expound you into greater growth. You have to get involved. And I know this is the church Sunday night. You, you are involved. But I'm telling you, you can get more active. I'm in three life groups. You can get involved. Listen, I'm not in three life groups to teach them. I'm in three life groups to encourage. 
You know, I was hoping that, that one of the men was here from Tuesday night because his life got changed a year ago, a year ago. He almost died. He's a coal miner under the long wall. The shield is protecting him. A piece of equipment breaks. Well, guess what? While he's working on it, over here, over here, there, there, there's some debris and the rock falls. Well, the rock from that ceiling hit that debris and bounced back and killed him pretty much. Broke bones, broke everything inside of him. Luckily, he moved somebody that was younger than him. Through that process, the Lord has brought him into salvation. The Lord has healed him in a year's time. And he sat there on Tuesday night and he said, he's talking to us about a preacher that he has working for him. And he says, he says, I called him in. I don't know what the guy's name is. He says, I call him into him. And he says, I've done you wrong in this past year. He said, what are you talking about? He goes, I put people around you that respect you, that don't cuss, that go to church. He says, I think I've done you wrong. I need to put you around people that cuss and don't go to church. And that pastor said, I was thinking about retiring last year, but I've held on because I know that God can use me right here. What a revelation that God gave that gentleman for that pastor, that it lined up with what the Lord was speaking to that pastor. All because it took a rock to fall on him, to almost take him out to where he found salvation. God's got a way to get our attention, to use us for his kingdom. And listen, you got to want to be used. You can't just sit in the pew and not want to be used. And I know I'm talking to Sunday evening people, but he's got a way for you. And he wants you to go. We got ways for you. Right now, medium, media is awesome. I mean, you can listen to any pastor you want to, pretty much world now. You got life groups that, that, that are off the hook. You got Sunday school at 9 a.m. and Jimmy's a good teacher. We got ways to get involved, to take things into the world in 2022. And we need to take it because God wants to use you. Exhorting the disciples to receive him when he had come, help them much. Listen, all that you're going to do is help the Lord advance the kingdom of God. For he mightily convinced the Jews that publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. What you need to know is Jesus died on a cross, took all your sins. He rose from the grave and he ascended into heaven and he sits at the right hand of the father interceding on your behalf, my behalf, every single day, every single day, when you get up. That's why we got to be fervent in our prayer life because you got a king of glory who died on a cross, who's interceding every day, fervent in prayer for each and every one of us that we will fulfill the purpose which God created us to do. Amen? Amen. That's all I got for you. Questions. Who are you? Where did you come from? Where are you going? And what will you do when you get there? Allow God to change you. Allow God to use you. Where did you come from? Man, I came from drugs and alcohol. I came from the world. I came from, a, I came from working 80 hours a week. 
So my wife could be a great mom to her kids. And it cost me. But it was a pleasure and a blessing to give her that time. But the minute I gave myself to the Lord, I went from 80 hours a week to 40 hours a week. Whew. What he can do. He gave back to me, my family. I mean, seriously. I was a bad man. But what God can do when you allow him to set you free from the junk of the world, when you allow him to heal you and cleanse you up, when you allow him to lift you up out of the miry clay of losing someone, and I'm not saying it's easy to get over losing someone. I lost my dad in 08. I know it's hard. I mean, I've been dealing with things. But once we allow God to come in and cleanse this part of us up, it's not about having all the head knowledge. But it's about having a heart for God that's fervent on fire and passion for him so that he can use you wherever he wants to place you. And when you allow that, all you're doing is planting seeds and allowing God to water them or the next person that he puts right there to water so that they can become someone fruitful. And I can go back to the story of the young lady that used to work for me that every day that she came to work, she was always, she was messed up. She was in the world. She was, in, she was living in, the, in a worldly life. And the year after she graduated, she sent me an email and said, listen, you're not going to believe this, but all those things that you poured into me changed my life. I'm now over a women's ministry and I pray with people day in and day out just because God changed me and allowed me the opportunity to witness to her every single day. And now she does that to other people. All we do is plant seeds, love people, forgive each other, right? And stay on fire for God. If you would, bow your heads and close your eyes. You know, I don't know who this message was for tonight. Part of it was for me, I can tell you that. But I'm going to ask you the questions. Who are you? Where did you come from? Where are you going? And what will you do when you get there? Maybe you know the answers to all those things. And maybe you only know the answers to a few of them. But this altar is open tonight, brothers and sisters. If you're searching for one of those answers, I, I encourage you to come down and just ask Abba Father. Say, Lord, I need to know my purpose tonight. I need to know and have you reveal it to me on what direction you want me to go. Because I don't want to be out of line with you. I want to be in line with you. This altar's open. If there's one here tonight that doesn't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's nothing. There's nothing in this world that can please you. There's nothing in this world that can save you. There's nothing in this world that can redeem you but Christ Jesus. Confessing your sins and asking him to come into your heart. It's the only thing and the only way to the Father. It's the only thing that will get you to heaven is Jesus Christ. Is there one here tonight that doesn't know Jesus? I'd encourage you to raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you. Is there one here tonight? 
Is there one? I encourage you, as many as will. Pastor talked to them about this morning, just taking a step of faith and coming down and maybe you don't need anything. Maybe you know the answers to all these questions. I'd encourage you tonight just to come down. It's the beginning of a new year. And just ask God for protection. Maybe not asking for anything. Maybe just say, Lord, I want to take five seconds, kneel down and say, I love you. And I'm thankful for life. I'm thankful that you gave your son, Jesus Christ, on the cross for me. I'm thankful for my wife and my children, my mom, my mother-in-law, my brothers and sisters. I mean, there's so many things that you can start being thankful for. And you can do it at your own seat. But let's just take a few minutes and let's just pray. Let's just praise God for who he is and what he's done. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm thankful for tonight, Lord God. I'm thankful for your word, Lord God. Father, I pray for a fervent spirit to be upon every individual that's here tonight, Lord God. Father, I pray that our fervency would run through this county and this community, Lord God. I pray that the fervent love that's put inside of us, Lord God, would move through our houses, Lord God. We move through our children, Lord God, and the generations to come, Lord God. I pray for that fervency, Lord God, that fire and passion, that zeal to never grow cold, Lord God. Father, I would pray that we wouldn't grow uh, complacent, Lord God, in our walk with you, Lord God, that we would hunger and thirst after your kingdom every day, Lord God, that we would seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto us, Lord God. You're such a good God. You're such a loving Father that you just want your children, your sons and daughters to be who you called us to be and to be fervent in love with you. Lord God, I just ask you to bless the people. I pray that you would just continue to be a light to our path, Lord God. Help us to be the light in this dark world, Lord God. Father, we love you. Lord, we need you. And Lord, we're just praising you right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. 